Welcome to Megan's Bookish Life, a podcast where literary meets lifestyle. Hi, Kat. Thanks for joining Megan's Bookish Life. Hi. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I like to start a lot of times of where we met and everything. I think ours was kind of an unusual meeting. Yeah, everyone knows I call Rover Lauren at my house. She's, She's just the, Lauren at my house. I have nicknames for everybody. They're not bad. Like my friend Nicole's Cake Nicole because she oh. made me a cake in 2012. Um, I'd be fine being Cake Cat. Has to be something okay. like something creative. But Lauren had a meetup mm-hmm. in November and I met you there. I don't remember yeah. following you beforehand. I don't know if I knew you. I was aware of you. Okay. Of course. And I think, you know, Lauren's like your biggest fan. Um, so I think it was probably partially that, that I was like, oh, well, obviously if Lauren's obsessed with her. I have to follow her. But I definitely feel like the first time we talked was the first time, like physically spoke in person was the first time we ever interacted. Okay. I think we hugged and it was like, oh, she's my friend now. There's a spark. What yeah, is absolutely. this? Yeah, thanks for meeting me in person. That was exciting. I yeah, have, that like, was a fun day. I, I feel like we have bookstore pictures. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, the, the, yeah. in the bookstore? Yes, there's a disposable camera picture of you, me, and Sue. Did you develop it, or does it, is it? No, I think Lauren had it, and she, oh. I think, mailed it to Sue, and Sue posted it, and I screenshotted it. So I'll make sure to send that to you later, but it's very cute, and we're all holding the Red Rover book club read for December, which was Jenny Bayless, um, Meet Me Under the Mistletoe. And so we're all holding our December book. So that is how we became Insta friends, literally. And obviously you are cats reading again, which I love that you put it in your Skype bio. It says (laughs) cats reading again, obsessed. Just in case there's more than one cat. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's K-A-T. It is K-A-T. So, Kat, you obviously have a bookstagram, and that's how we love you. I want to jump right in to see what you are currently reading. Give me one book. It could be good or bad. I want to know what the heck you're reading. Yes. Right now, I am slowly but surely reading Dark Corners by Megan Golden, which is an arc. uh, It's a sequel to The Night Swim, if you've read The Night Swim, which five stars, one of my favorite thrillers that I read last year. Uh, And I felt so fancy because the publisher actually emailed me directly to ask if I wanted to read Dark Corners because I'd already reviewed an arc by Megan Goldens. I felt like a real, true, like famous bookstagrammer in that moment. You deserve that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, I'm reading that. It's it picks up immediately after the events of the Night Swim. So that's been pretty fun. I'm just taking my time. I think it comes out in August. So I'm not rushing through that right now, but I am enjoying it. So the night swim, I can picture the cover. I've never read it. It's a thriller. Mm, you said, so right? good. It is a thriller. And I had seen like a million five star reviews and I was like, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. And then finally I sat down and read it and I was like, why did I wait so long? It was one of those. It was so good. And the audio for audio fans is excellent. Are you a person who is like, there's so many five stars. I'm not going to read it. But then you end up doing it or you don't read it at all. This is a a flaw of mine. Now we're getting personal. If a lot of people tell me you will love this, I immediately 
don't want to watch it or read it or I don't know why that is like it's this little contrarian part of me or now I feel pressure to love it I don't know the reason so so many people had said oh my god you love the night swim and every time someone says that I'm like a little less wanting to read it and I don't know the reason behind that maybe I should talk to my therapist about that but that was part of the reason I put off the night swim for so long and then you know which is dumb because inevitably I love the thing. And then I have to come back and say, you were right. I put it off for so long, but you were right. So my biggest fear, which is not a really a big fear, but it's insecurity. How about that? Is when I tell someone to read a book and then yeah. give it like two stars. And I'm like, <clears throat> I would love Agreed. for you to love it. But yes. ouch. My favorite book of last year was Daisy Jones and the Six. Obsessed. And I quite literally forced my best friend to read it listen to it so she came back the day she finished it and she was like oh I finished Daisy Jones and I was like oh my god what did you think and she said oh it was good and I cried I was so mad I'm I'm past it I've apologized she did not react strongly enough by any means and (laughs) so now I think she's terrified to read anything I recommend and I don't blame her it's a real thing when you recommend something you absolutely love and then they're like yeah it was good you're like, oh, that happened with Love Light Farms. I don't know. It was oh, sure. really, it was everywhere. And so yeah. I finally read it last year and I was like, okay, this is good. So I recommended it to my <laughs> friend Leanne. It was an indie-ish book at first. And I was like, I think you would like this. You like indie, blah, blah. And like, she's like, I'm afraid of hyped books. And I was like, well, me too, but do it. Yeah. <laughs> so she did it. And I finally saw her her post about it like she didn't tell me I had to see a post and I think it was four or five stars oh and I literally was like this is this is this is it I've made it yeah yeah (laughs) this is your this is my chance (laughs) (laughs) love it oh that's that's the best when you recommend something and people absolutely love it I mean that's the reason you take the chance of someone hating it right even though you have that insecurity is because you're chasing that high of someone loving what you recommend. Let me get into my book. I have yeah. I have a little synopsis. So I am reading, it's called The Good Husband by Abigail Osborne. She is an English author who does thrillers. So let me read the synopsis. A shopping trip on Black Friday leads to Elsie's tragic death and leaves Jack, her husband of 37 years, devastated. Unable to cope with his grief, he flees to his childhood home to be with his father, an overbearing religious person who puts his faith before everyone, even his son. And not done yet. Hang on, it keeps going. Jack's father convinces him that Elsie has not died in vain. Her life was sacrificed to give Jack the strength he needs for his mission, to rid the world of greed. Embittered by his loss, Jack soon sets out to punish the depraved and eradicate the sinners from the world. The greedy killed his wife, and now they must pay. But how far is Jack willing to fulfill God's plan, and how many innocent people will die? What? I'm literally pen in my hand writing this down. I feel like it's going to be good. How far are you in it? Okay, so I'm... I'm about 30, 35% into it. Yeah. Um, it's very religious, but not in the fact where it's trying to convert you to religion. It's right. like this guy is kind of nuts because yeah. he goes overboard with religion. I'm not going to give it spoilers, obviously, but they just got into a good part. It's a lot of backstory. The thing is, it's abusive. For example, okay. his backstory of his father, like if you looked at his mother wrong or whatever, 
there was abuse. It's hard to read. Sure. So far, it's very good. Yeah. It is nicely written for someone I, I don't know. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. No, it sounds good. I I don't know how to say this, so I'm just going to say it. Like, I am a horror movie fan. I read horror books. I read thrillers. So I can pretty much read and see anything happen to people. Yeah. But if, like, a cat or a dog is, like, slightly inconvenienced, I'm, like, sobbing, can't read it. So this I could read. Is the there, yeah, there's, the there's no animals so far. So. Perfect. I'm in. So we're going to get your books later on, your other book. I want to talk about reading goals with you. Because let me just try this real quick. You told me you finished 26 books this year so far. And it is March currently. It is March Um, currently. To be fair, a couple of them were short. I have a little side Instagram chat. Um where we read like extreme horror. And a lot of those are short, like 60, 70 pages. So I have a few of those, um, but man, audiobooks are are the name of the game for me this year. So that that really, really makes a difference because I kind of listen to it while I'm working or doing chores in the shower. That helps, you know, it helps you cram in reading where you normally wouldn't be able to. I will give the audiobooks credit for, and it's actually 27 as of last night. I finished a book last night. Did you stop it? I know, it's crazy. But you know what else I think helps? Speaking of Lauren, the Red Rovers book club, uh, she did her one book goal last year and I did it this year and I swear it helps. Really? Because I just don't even think about it. I finish a book and I'm on to the next. I don't think like, oh, how far am I at my percentage? Am I behind? How how many books far ahead am I? I swear just having that one book goal. So I'm like 2,700% past my goal. I also, I'm a Virgo, so I like to exceed goals. So every time I see that 2,700%, it it gives me life. But I feel (laughs) like a lot of people are very obsessed with their book percentages. Yeah. Yeah. But people are like, I'm behind on my Goodreads goal. And I'm like, you're behind, but that's a fun thing. Right, right. And I was that person last year for sure. I guess it depends on your personality. If it's a fun thing. I like it. I liked being like, ooh, three more books, two more books. And then I hit my goal and, you know, Goodreads gives you the confetti. Uh, So it was a little bit of a bummer to like, I got the confetti on January 3rd. And now I know I won't see it for like a year. (laughs) Mood. (laughs) Yeah. So that's one thing about having that goal set at one. But I am definitely finding for me, I love it. I think it's genius. (laughs) I started listening to Shatter Me. I listened to that a little bit. At first, I thought it'd be like a really YA thing. It's not so far. So far, it's pretty good. I'm not a big dystopian fantasy person. And then I read Shadow and Bone and love it. So um, <laughs> Shatter Me, I got halfway through an audiobook and then I have to return it. So I just bought a hardcover on Pango Books because there's a line at Libby to, oh, um, sure. to yeah. listen to it. So I'm going to read it 50% in, I believe, and I'll read the rest when Pango gets here. I like I it. I love a YA thriller. A YA thriller, I think, is yeah. better than a YA coming of age high school. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, I just read She is a Haunting, which is a newer, it's a YA okay. horror. Um, I buddy read it with Talia. Oh, my God, love her. Oh, I love her at t.readsforfun. Um, and it was a YA horror novel, but it was a lot of like, about identity and sexuality and culture and you know she's not 
white enough, but she's not Vietnamese enough. And it was all of these different things that I'm, you know, obviously people in their, their teens go through, but it was challenging to read as a more mature woman. I understand that. It was just very challenging to kind of unpack all of that when, for me, that's all been unpacked for 20 years, you know? That was like, me with The yeah. Summer I Turned Pretty. Sure. I haven't read it, but I Don't. can totally imagine. Okay. <laughs> Don't read it. The problem with The Summer I Turned Pretty is that it's for young adults. I am no longer 13, and it's hard for me to get into the... She stuck her tongue out and she stomped right. away. I don't know. It's, it depends what the writing is like, I feel like. Yeah. For why? I agree. You know, it's like the Ariel Ursula thing. Like for a certain amount of time in your youth, you want to be Ariel and you just love Ariel and you just think like her dad's so mean and Ursula's the worst. And then at some point you start to be like, you know what? Her dad's not so mean. Ariel's really naughty. And I feel like it's that kind of thing. When you get past that line, it's hard to remember the time when you really did relate to Ariel yeah it's kind of a weird reference but no I, I love that I, I think about it in my head a lot give me your second book you're currently reading I want to know I am currently and finally reading the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle okay so I started it like three years ago and it's confusing okay it's it's a lot and there is definitely like a trigger warning there's a it's very fat phobic like very, very. And I struggled with it when I read it a couple of years ago, but I wanted to try it again because I think the premise seems so interesting. You know, these uh, rich people, these Mr. and Mrs. Hardcastle, they throw a big party and then the main character just wakes up one day in a body that's not his and finds out that every day their daughter, Evelyn Hardcastle, will die until he finds the killer. But every day he wakes up in a different body of a different guest at the party. So I'm like, I got, I have to push past these things. I have to read this book is how I feel. Yeah. Uh, so I started it again. I'm only like 50 pages in, but uh, I, I did bring one thing from the synopsis because it really called out to me. It says, with a locked room mystery that Agatha Christie would envy, Stuart Turton unfurls a breakneck novel of intrigue and suspense. I was like, applause for whoever wrote that. That was a good one. Yeah. Yes. So that is the second book. Uh, right now, I'm only reading two books. <laughs> Who is she? Normally, I'm like at least three, sometimes seven. So it's I just those that. two right now. But my reward to myself, I've told myself when I finish the seven and a half deaths is I'm going to start Vantage Point by Megan Hubrex. Mm. That's going to be my reward to get myself to finish this book. I used to have the, the seven and a half deaths. On yeah. my book cart, um, it's my to-be-read cart. It was on my cart for the longest time. And finally, I was like, I'm never going to read this. So I yeah. sold it a long time ago. So if it's good, let me know and I'll rent okay. it. <laughs> it is a big old fatty book. Yeah, definitely. that's probably why. It, yeah, I have it on, I have it physical as well, but it's on Kindle Unlimited. So that Smart. really pushed me over the edge to start it again. I'm doing it as a buddy read with my cousin. I am excited about it. It's just, it's a little confusing, but I'm confident they'll get us there. They'll feed us the information we need. You know what was my second book that I brought that mm -hmm. I just finished Ooh. and I can't give a ton of info on because it was the London Seance Society by Sarah yes. Did you read it yet? No, not okay. yet. I, 
I'm still reading my March book club reads, but I'm so excited. But I have not read The Lost Apothecary. So I'm not going to give any spoilers for this book because just in case, but I like The Lost Apothecary more. I think this London Seance Society by Sarah Penner was good. Because what I told my friend, I said, Sarah Penner gives you like an adventurous read where you want to curl up with a candle and kind of go on a little adventure, like a little journey with her, a fictional, like historical fiction journey. But I love Lost Apothecary. And then when it came to this, I feel like this was lacking a little bit on bringing things together, maybe. Um, I won't give any more of that, but it was still an adventurous book. But The Lost Apothecary, I just... The Lost Apothecary, though, I feel like even if I hate it, it's going to be okay because that book is never leaving my bookshelf because it has to be the most beautiful cover of all time. I feel like it's fine because I paid for the cover and then if I like the book, it's a bonus. <laughs> but I, I will read The London Sand Society next month and I'm I'm excited about it. Okay, good. Is it like paranormal? It. Like supernatural? Like a seance? I I'm a big fan of going in totally blind. Like, I have not read the synopsis. Yeah, I guess it is a little, it is a little seancey, like, really seancey. It's not too paranormal. It's more historical. Okay. There are some seancey parts, yes. Perfect. I'll take it. Now I'm even more excited. You are a big thriller person. I am. That is something that I know about you without even, like, researching. (laughs) Well, I do research you a little bit. What is a genre that you would like to maybe get into more or try more? Is there anything specific or you want to stick with those forever? I love this question. I want to stick to those. In my heart, I want to stick to thrillers forever. However, I want to push myself, which is why I've joined so many book clubs. Granted, two of my book clubs are thriller only book clubs, but I do want to branch out more. I love being gently forced, like lovingly forced to read things outside of my usual comfort zone. I had a dream a while ago that I read A Court of Thorn and Roses and I like posted it on my Insta stories and I have never gotten so many responses to anything I've ever posted. So I am interested in dipping my toes into fantasy. That's something I don't, I don't own any. I don't, know anything about anything so I feel like that's really where I'd I'd really like to try some more so when you say fantasy are you looking for dystopian fantasy you think or are you looking for like vampire wolves are you looking for new world building what are you looking for wow yeah okay well uh I'll disclaimer this by saying dystopian anything is my absolute favorite. That's what got me back into reading after not reading for years, as I love every zombie movie, every plague movie, every every end of the world movie I am here for. And it never really occurred to me that there were end of the world books out there. They're not always super mainstream. So so dystopian, end of the world, fantasy, yes. I'm not ready for vampires and wolves. And I'm probably not ready for much, like, outer space-ish. Me neither. You know. Yeah. Yes, to dystopian fantasy. Okay. Final answer. So you're a, you're a world-building girly. You I like think those? so. Every time I read a review that someone says was slow, I end up loving the book. So I think so. I think I would really 
uh, take very well to like the world building, the build up, the preamble, if you will. Okay. I think I, I really think I enjoy all of that. I love that for you. The sort of like flip of the coin to that yeah. is I do have big book fear. I'm trying to get past it. But anything over 350 pages, I'm like, oh, God. I understand that you can like you get more out of it because they can, you know, obviously give you more, you know, building and backstory and reasons to care and things like that. But it is daunting to me. Are you a person who wants it broken down into a series or you want it all in one book? Oh, I'm a standalone girl all the way. But I think that because a series just feels like a big, fat, giant book. Mm -hmm. My other problem is I don't have a great memory after the fact. so. I may read a series if they're all out. You can't make me wait a year. I will have to reread mm-hmm. the whole series. <laughs> Correct. I know, I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another reason that I'm a little anxious of series. It's a commitment thing. I have a fear of commitment in in, in books. You know what I kind of want to get into, but I haven't yet. Like everyone's hyping the comeback up of this person. And I'm like, maybe I should. Agatha Christie. You know, I've been seeing that a lot lately, too. I only read one book by her, and obviously she wrote a very long time ago, but it was challenging to read in the modern Mm. era. Is it? Uh, I found it very challenging. It was so, it was clear they'd kind of gone through and tried to make it less racist, but it was blatant, and it was a challenge. As a book overall, it was very well written. I didn't see things coming, but I just didn't give it a rating because it's... It was challenging. I love a locked door thriller or a locked door mystery. Those are my absolute number one favorite genre. And she's the queen, right? When you say like a locked door mystery, mm-hmm. maybe like a cozy mystery. What about that latte one? The, the something Legends in lo- and lattes? Legends and lattes. What do you think of that? I've never read it. I've never read it, but it's fantasy. I actually have a buddy read coming up with two friends for Legends and Lattes. I have not seen a bad review. I haven't either. That's the scary part. I know. And <laughs> the cover puts me off. Agreed. It's a cartoon, first of all. It's, I don't know, like Hot Shrek. That's what it reminds me of, like Hot Shrek. <laughs> I know. I know. So I'll keep you posted. I'm going to just, I'm just going to do it. I have not seen under four stars anywhere for that book. <laughs> this, I feel like, is the year of ignoring my instincts okay when it comes to you know like my gut reaction if my gut reaction is like oh no then I'm gonna ignore it who am I I love that for you (laughs) I want to know because you've given me what you're currently reading can you give me two books of something that like someone stopped you on the street and were like oh my god I need a book I don't care what it is tell me what it is the dream yeah the actual dream yeah um so If you follow me on Instagram for any amount of time, going backwards or forwards from here, you will see me talk about Station Eleven and White Oleander. My top two forever, recommend to everyone. So those will be like my go-to, like those are my favorites. But I recently read a nonfiction book, again, who is she, called Token Black Girl by Danielle Prescott. Um, She is an, I guess, an influencer. I don't know how to really quantify when someone's an influencer. She has done a lot in the fashion industry. Uh, She has a consulting firm with her sister on 
essentially for how businesses to be, you know, inclusive and diversity and things like that. So anyway, she wrote a memoir called Token Black Girl. If you are a woman, identify as a woman, if you are into fashion in any way, or were in the 90s, if you like 90s nostalgia, if you were, you know, coming of age in the 90s, or if you just want to read a memoir that's so brutally, incredibly honest, I can't recommend it more. It's absolutely outside any of my comfort zones. I'm not a nonfiction girl. I'm not a memoir girl. Uh, but I've followed Danielle for years, and I really like her, and I'm she's so interesting to me. So I did it on audio. She read her own memoir, and I listened to it in two sittings. It's just absolutely mind-blowing and coming from such a different perspective than me, you know, as a person of color, as someone who came up in the fashion industry, as a workaholic, I'm none of those things. It was one of those ones that when it ended, I just sat there in silence for 10 minutes and just like absorbed it. And I'm not usually that kind of person. Like I close the book, I'm up, I'm taking the picture for bookstagram, I'm picking up the next book. So if someone came up on the street and said, I need a book, I'd say Token Black Girl by Danielle Prescott. Read it, absorb it. It's incredible. Cat from Cats Reading Again. Thank you for coming on Megan's Bookish Life podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This was so fun. I was so nervous and this was so fun. I appreciate you having me and listening to me babble. Hi, everyone, and thank you for listening to Megan's Bookish Life, a podcast where literary meets lifestyle. Don't forget to subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Megan's Bookish Life Podcast.